Fort Worth is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Happy Friday. It's Friday, May 6th. Good to be with you on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And we have so much to talk about today as we continue to unpack what's happening with Roe v. Wade and the fallout and, of course, our response. And we will talk about that with our guest this morning. First up on the hit parade after the news and after the break, our very own Doug Keck joining us back live. And he is the President and Chief Operating Officer of EWTN. And we'll talk about the beautiful programming scheduled for the month of May. And I also want to talk about uh, the great news coverage that EWTN news outlets have been giving the situation with Roe v. Wade and all the different ways they've been addressing this most important issue of life. So Doug joining us at 15 minutes past the hour. 28 minutes past the hour on a Friday for our Fact Check Friday segment today. We're going to be checking in with the Chief Executive Officer and the Dean of the Ave Maria School of Law. His name is John Zarnetsky, and we're going to be talking about the impact of this SCOTUS leak and the uh, really, I think I want to ask him his opinion on the response of the media in this in terms of the majority of the secular media, many of whom are calling the leaker, whoever that may be, that person has not been identified yet, a hero, and how the media are actually encouraging in their response and their meltdown over this, really more of this happening. It's quite frightening when we look at what happened, and we have to be prepared to respond to it, of course, with love and great resources and information. And, of course, one way to always respond to the top of the list is prayer, and being that this is the Miriam month of May, we're going to be joined by a wonderful priest, Father Edward Looney, who has many books out, and he has a strong devotion to our Blessed Mother. And since it is a Miriam month of May, we'll be talking about his new book, How They Love Mary, from our friends at Sophia Institute Press, and it's a beautiful book about very special stories of Marian devotion and what that means. And we'll also ask him some apologetic questions in terms of being devoted to Our Lady does not take away from God. Worship is for God alone. We can have a special, for example, devotion of prayer, asking for Mary's intercession. We ask for her help as our mother. Remember Jesus said on the cross to John, Behold your mother. He meant that not only for St. John, but for all of us. And remember at Guadalupe where Mary said, don't you know that I am your mother? So over and over again, she reminds us that she is our mother and she's there for us. And what a beautiful month to honor her and to ask for her intercession and to understand what that means. Because we're often wrongly accused of worshiping saints and worshiping Mary. Worship is for God alone, and the Catholic Church has clear teachings on that. And we'll discuss with Father Edward Looney. I also just want to uh, remind all of us going into this weekend to really pray, to get prayed up, because there's all kinds of different activities, and we're going to be covering this in the news in just a minute, that are planned by these very radical, angry pro-abortion groups. And how we respond, I think, is going to be so important. Now, obviously, we need to have a plan if we learn that uh, our parish or our diocese is targeted, is being targeted. We should uh, have a security plan. We should have ushers, and we should have people aware. But we also have to, I believe, respond very calmly, very peacefully, and with great love. I'll be talking about this uh, when I have a chance next week. I don't think I'll have a chance to do it today. I did talk about it in the local hour of the show, but I received a very uh, powerful, and it was powerful, 
in many ways. Uh, email from a woman who's obviously struggling and coming from a place of great pain. Now, I don't know why she was responding to me in particular. I was on EW10 News Nightly, interviewed by the wonderful Tracy Sable on Tuesday night about the, uh, the whole pro-life situation and developments with the uh, leaked document. But I could tell right away that she was coming from such a place of pain and, and abandonment. And she kept saying, you don't support women, you don't support marriage, you don't support mothers, you only support babies. And it was you, 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 capitalized. And she attacked the church over annulment. She attacked uh, the bishops. She, it was just such a, a, a really difficult email because you could just hear her crying out. And so I think what, what we're going to be seeing even more of, and we know this from the research on abortion, is there are so many pains and so many issues associated with someone, even if they aren't post-abortive themselves, even if they didn't have an abortion, they could be post-abortive in other ways. Maybe they helped someone procure an abortion. Maybe they've been encouraging or voting for pro-abortion leaders. And when they hear that this Roe v. Wade, this decision that they worship, basically, that has given us abortion, God help us, through nine months of pregnancy, 63 million babies, lives lost, not to mention the impact it's had on the moms and the families and, and the rest of us. But when you say that this is wrong, and when someone says this decision was so poorly brought about, a really bad law, what that says is that what you did was wrong. And so they struggle to get the affirmation. And of course, because of our church teachings, they're going to strike out at Catholics. And this woman identify, identified herself as a Catholic. So our first instinct may be to respond with that same type of anger and frustration. But we have to pray. And I was really, I, I was really, it was interesting because what I said on Tuesday night to Tracy was we have to respond with love. And then I get this email on Wednesday morning and I could hear the Lord saying, okay, are you going to practice what you preach? And I really felt sorry for her because it sounded like she was so hurt and had been so abandoned and came to all of these horrible conclusions about the church and about the pro-life movement. So I, I, I responded uh, kindly, and but I asked her very nicely to come up with the resources and attribution for her statements because she's making all these statements, right? They just throw things out there, assumptions, opinions, statements with no attribution. And I said to her, I'd be happy to enter into a real discussion about this, but I don't know where you're getting your information. So if you can explain, I'm happy to discuss. In the meantime, here's a list of resources that shows that what you have come to believe or think in terms of us not doing anything, that the reality is just the opposite. So I'm going to leave you with these resources, and then if you'd like to chat, get back with me. So you leave it there. I'm not expecting her to respond. She hasn't responded. I'm not expecting the, the clouds to part and her to say, oh, Eureka, comes a dawn, I agree. That's not our job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. We are not the saviors. Jesus is the savior. But we are called to plant seeds and to put it out there. So I just want to, re I'm reminding myself to make sure that I'm practicing what I preach. And I think we all have to take a breath and continue to respond in love because we have the answer. We always have. We've been doing this now in meeting women and families where they're at for 50 years. Let's let people know, but let's do this with lots of love. So just throwing that out there and we'll discuss further as we move toward what appears to be, and many legal experts are saying this, um, possible complete overturning, please God, of Roe v. Wade. So much to discuss on a Friday morning and every day here on EWTN. So 
First, I'm going to let you know that there's going to be some rough weather out there before we get into the news. Severe thunderstorms are forecast for today over a good portion of the southeast. Tornado and damaging winds threatening to focus the southern, focusing on the southern Alabama area into western Georgia. And excessive rainfall, the weather experts are saying, could bring some flooding over the central Appalachians today. And record heat is forecast to build up over the south this weekend into the middle of next week. Right now, eight minutes past the hour already. Let's take a look at the news, and then we'll take a break and chat with our very own Doug Keck on a Friday, May 6th. Radical pro-abortion group calling itself Ruth Sentust announced this week that it is mobilizing activists to enter Catholic churches during Mass this coming Sunday in response to reports that the Supreme Court is set to overturn Roe v. Wade. Whether you're a Catholic for choice, ex-Catholic, or of no faith, recognize that six, as they refer to them, extremist Catholic judges set out to overturn Roe, stand at or in a local Catholic church on Sunday, May 8th. Now, according to Catholic Vote and several other news sources, Ruth Sentas, named for the late liberal justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, included a video with the Post which showed activists dressed in handmaid's tail costumes in a sacred building disrupting the worship aspect of the Mass. People were worshiping and they walked up and they tried to disrupt all the worshiping. The activists marched in and stood between the holy altar and the parishioners, saying, among other things, for 2,000 years, the Catholic Church has been an institution for the enslavement of women. And this is what Mother's Day should look like. The group is claiming it must rise up to force accountability using a diversity of tactics. Meanwhile, that same radical group earlier this week, as Michael Kastner explains, published the locations of pro-life Supreme Court justices' private homes, calling on the activists to show up at their houses as well. The group called Ruth Sentis has announced on its website that it will stage a walk-by protest next Wednesday at the homes of what it calls six extremist justices, three in Virginia and three in Maryland. It also posted a Google map claiming to show the addresses of conservative justices Barrett, Kavanaugh, Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, and Roberts. The protests are in response to a leak this week of a draft Supreme Court opinion that would overturn the 1973 Roe v. Wade abortion ruling. Former Vice President Mike Pence, meanwhile, telling a crowd at a pro-life rally in South Carolina this week to pray for the Supreme Court justices. I believe we are about to enter a new era in America where every child, born and unborn, is cherished. Pence, a strong pro-life political leader, has long opposed a Roe v. Wade decision that led to the legalization of abortion through nine months of pregnancy. This week, he told a crowd of more than a 1,000 in South Carolina to pray again that conservative justices who've been targeted by abortion activists will stand firm and overturn Roe. Keep praying that those five justices would have the courage of their convictions. Because to make no mistake about it, the purpose of the leak was to pressure the court to change direction. Meanwhile, since the ruling took effect back in 1973, many liberal legal scholars have openly questioned the constitutionality of Roe v. Wade, including Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She once called it a heavy-handed judicial intervention that was difficult to justify and appears to have provoked, not resolved, conflict. Although she strongly supported legalized abortion, she went so far as to call Roe v. Wade a legal disaster. Ginsburg died in 2020 at the age of 87 and was a frequent critic of Roe v. Wade. Well, Americans, regardless of political persuasion, as Brian Shook tells us, do not want former President Donald Trump's Title 42 policy to end. 
It allows border officials to turn away migrants who've reached the U.S. if there is a public health crisis. According to a new CNN poll, 57% believe it should remain in place. Nearly three-fourths of Americans have little to no confidence that the Biden administration would be able to handle an increase in migrants at the border. A Louisiana judge temporarily blocked the lift of Title 42 due to President Joe Biden's lack of a clear after plan. The Senate Republican leader is strongly criticizing Democratic calls for federal student loan forgiveness. Working people who chose to avoid taking on debt should not have to bail out high-earning doctors, lawyers, and dentists, or adults who borrowed six figures for an Ivy League master's. Speaking on the Senate floor, Kentucky's Mitch McConnell calling it student loan socialism. He said it would be deeply unfair to the many who have made tough sacrifices to actually pay off their student loans. McConnell arguing some would get a giant handout while working people in rural America get the bill. Mike Bauer tells us the trading week winding down on Wall Street after stocks plunged dramatically yesterday. The Dow Jones lost over 1,000 points. The S&P 500 and NASDAQ fell 3.5% and 4.9% respectively. The steep fall came one day after the Fed Chair Jerome Powell announced the sharpest rise in interest rates over 20 years. With inflation now running at an annual rate of 8.5%, a 40-year high in the U.S., Powell said the Fed needed to do everything we can to restore stable prices. And finally, in our news segment at almost 14 minutes past the hour on a Friday morning, May 6, 2022, folks in parts of the South, as we mentioned at the very top of the hour with the weather, facing some more threats of severe weather today, while the Central Plains and the Midwest could be in for it this weekend. This comes after tornadoes left trails of disaster, both in Texas and Oklahoma. Storms landing their hardest punches at Seminole, Oklahoma. A number of downtown buildings in the small town located on our east of Oklahoma City are destroyed and debris filled the streets. More than 7,000 homes and businesses still had no electricity early this morning. However, thanks be to God, no reports of deaths or serious injuries. When we come back on a Friday, checking in with the inside word of our very own Doug Keck, Chief Operating Officer and President of the Network, with all the great programming for this beautiful Marion month of May, starting with this weekend and next week, of course, and also wishing you, all the moms out there, the spiritual moms and the moms who have their own children or have adopted children, God bless you for all that you do in making a difference in an early Happy Mother's Day. We'll be right back. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. CMF Juro is the Catholic health care option you've been searching for. From concierge service to ethical consultations to partnerships with one of the nation's largest health care sharing ministries, CMF Juro offers a pro-life, Catholic approach to your overall health and well-being. Find out today if CMF Juro is right for you. Call 833-GET-CURO. That's 833-G-E-T-C-U-R-O. Or visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. Location, location, location. These are the three most important factors in real estate. The same might be said for colleges. Trudging through snow to get to an 8 a.m. statistics class is a much different experience than breezing by a palm tree to the raucous applause of a laughing gull. With the average temperature of 84 degrees and wetland nature as your backdrop, it's no wonder students tend to stay once they visit our campus. Ave Maria University, your future location, location, location. Visit AveMaria.edu. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and lighthouse work. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. 
More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. We always give you the inside scoop so you can plan around great EWTM programming. That's why Doug Keck joins us on Friday, so the inside word. And beautiful month this week, beautiful Marian month of May. And, and Doug, again, I was so grateful to be able to turn to Catholic News Agency and the Register and EWTN News Nightly to say, okay, uh, just take a breath. What's going on here? What do I need to know? So great coverage this Absolutely. week on, on the whole situation with the Supreme Court. Well, that, that's obviously the reason that EWTN and uh, Michael Warsaw and, and the whole team there, and, you know, Raymond from the beginning, have, have built up this news organization to be uh, that touchstone, that place to go to get uh, some basic Catholic perspective on these things. And certainly, even now, with the announcement that the Catholic news service of the bishops is going to be shutting down uh, here yeah, in the that United was sad. States yeah. mm-hmm. uh, by year end, uh, it, it, it it even raises the importance of Catholic news agency, and certainly you're, you've been working on those segments, um, you know, on Muncie's program, mm-hmm. too, as well, So, uh, which were incredibly prescient because here we are, right? Well, I was wondering. I was looking at the at the stories, but I couldn't see exactly. So are they going not going to be operating? They're not going to be having an actual news service any longer in the United States? There was, it was kind of vague what I read yeah, about Catholic it, News Service. It was a little confusing that there wouldn't be you know, a, a U.S. bureau putting out a particularly U.S. document. I'm assuming that there still will be the Rome Bureau. It was right. unclear to I me what else there might be. You're quite correct. It it, it kind of came out in dribs and drabs uh, and wasn't exactly clear. It, maybe it's cleared up more since then. But like you said, it was a little confusing. It seemed to be, I mean, from what they were listing, you know, that they were shutting that whole operation down, mm-hmm. um, you know. And, but uh, I don't know how that, you know, does that mean Greg Erlingson and 15 other people no longer work there? No, I was wondering uh, about Greg, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, or whether... You know they're they're going to refocus, but it seems like obviously with the financial situation and other things, you know the bishops, parishes, everybody's got to look at uh, where Finances. they can tighten yeah mm-hmm. tighten their belt. You know because of uh, donations have clearly uh, have been down. Uh, I think to the structural church. I think in many cases um, some local parishes do well because of the pastor, or you know certainly some of the apostolates, including EW10, have have done reasonably well during the pandemic, I think, because a lot of people were forced to turn to us uh, and hopefully, um, you know, have returned back to their parishes but still find the value in Catholic radio and in Catholic television. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I certainly find the value in it because I go to it every single day to see what's happening, uh, not only in the Catholic Church but around the world. And now this is a very important month, and month of May, and right. being that we're very Marian and our foundress and Mother Angelica, of course, uh, love the rosary and love the Blessed Mother, I'm sure lots of great Marian programming coming up this month. Right, exactly. We've got some great Mother's Day and Marian programming, uh, obviously, uh, with Fatima coming up. 
as well, uh, you know, with uh, May 13th. Uh, this weekend, if we would just want to look uh, a little sure. closer to mm -hmm. uh, today, we've got two new Chesterton programs that are encoring. Um, Chesterton Station, interesting program with G.K. Chesterton, hangs out at the station. He never knows who's going to walk in the door. Uh, he's got two programs. One, he, he, he meets up with George Bernard Shaw for a discussion and some fun, and also Robert Louis Stevenson as well for a discussion and some fun. So check that out on uh, Saturday tomorrow. We also have uh, Discovering Damien, uh, Saint of Malachi, tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern, and his feast day is actually on the 10th, so that's also coming up. We also have the classic film with Ingrid Bergman, uh, Joan of Arc. Oh, that's so good. As well. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jose Ferrer, great cast in that one. Um, that'll be at 8 p.m. on a Saturday night. That's our Saturday night movie, and as you so aptly put it, we've got Mother's Day, Mother Angelica Live Classic uh, on Sunday with Mother. Um, next week, uh, Father Gerald Murray, uh, you know, from uh, being on, uh, of course, a Raymond show on a regular basis, has a mm -hmm. great new book out, which I know you've talked to him about, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, and I have as well, and so that should be fun. And then uh, Pro-Life, we were just talking about that, Canada, let's not forget Canada. Um, on uh, Sunday, they're going to have a special uh, round table at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, and then there's the National Mass for Life from Ottawa, and uh, the March as well, coming up on the 12th. That's uh, almost next Thursday, basically, so almost a week away. Um, but you can look for that. And also, of course, our Lady of Fatima events, which we also have. We kick things off with the vigil beginning on uh, May 12th. So check out EW10.com for all these programs. And remember, so many of them will be available already or shortly after airing on our on-demand platform. You mentioned the coverage of, of the Canadian March for Life and the, and the roundtable discussion and the events uh, up in Ottawa. Think about where they would be without EW10 because you know what's happening there. I mean, you talk about Orwellian. I mean, they're already doing I, I saw an interview with an independent journalist a couple weeks ago in terms of the crackdown from Trudeau. Absolutely. And, and the, the continued uh, heavy arm of trying to silence anyone who slightly disagrees with the status quo of the extreme left is nothing short of frightening. You have this disinformation board that Biden's administration has come up with <laughs> in response to Elon Musk, who's not even a conservative. The guy who voted right. for Obama. I mean, okay, Fine. He has to say he could do what I, you know. I, w I would like people to vote for pro-life uh, all the time, of course. But he's someone who says, you know what? This is not right. This, this, this is not working. We have to be able to allow people, you know, to, to have a platform without being, you know, silenced and shut down and banned. And and they're going. They went crazy. And so they got, we're going to come up with this inform disinformation board. I mean, right. it's so Orwellian. Absolutely. You would think George Orwell's, uh, you know, they're channeling him on some of these things. It's ridiculous. And then not only do they come up with this goofy thing, they pick the worst person in the world and sit there and say, well, uh, I understand that, but in the job, they're supposed to be neutral. Oh, okay. okay. I understand. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if I hire some uh, former grand wizard from the KKK, but I'm going to put him in, in the Department of Justice to, to deal with, uh, you know, uh, rights uh, for minorities. Uh, I understand he's biased, but you know, in this job, he needs to be neutral. Right? Like, hello. Uh huh. Yeah. If you look at the record of this person that he's put in charge of this, it's it's again chilling, absolutely chilling. Sub, as one senator said, she's really quite precocious. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Doing well, but, but again, it, it, it right. yeah, exactly supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Right. Uh, but really, it highlights what we talk about here every Friday morning: the importance of what we do. Absolutely, and and this uh, this disinformation. You know, I, I had a coffee cup somebody gave me years ago. On one side it says all opinions are welcome. The other side says who asked you. That's kind of what you, you know what I mean. <laughs> 
that's kind of what we deal with with the liberals. It's like we want everybody's opinions to be shared except yours. Right. Or any, except the ones that disagree with us. And so when you put out something that's, uh, you know, we don't like, that's disinformation. Uh, because No, that's dissonance. It's called not liking things that you don't agree with. That's not disinformation. As we've known, how much of the quote-unquote disinformation over the last four years all turned out to be true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in retrospect, whether people like it or not, these things turned out to be true. And more people would know that if they weren't getting disinformation from Twitter and other places, if only by omission. You right. know, in the sense of del- not even pushing it, but deleting opposing opinions mm-hmm. to the point that, well, doesn't everybody believe this? And you can have a choice as long as it agrees with those on the extreme left. Absolutely. We really have kind of this Hunter Games, you know, a capital city, stratus dwellers from Star Trek, people who are living in these West Coast, East Coast elite bubbles, you know, who live in this world and they just don't understand. And they think, well, the problem is the great unwashed out there. They, they just don't know. They're not smart enough yeah. uh, to know what to do. So we either have to explain it to them slowly, or if they don't understand, it doesn't matter. We'll just do it, and they might not be happy, but they'll be happy later when they realize that we were really right. Right. Mm-hmm. How's that working for them? I mean, even the poll that came out recently, how uh, so many people, regardless of where they stand politically, are very, very, very upset. And this is from CNN. I had the story in mm-hmm. the news uh, basically saying that people don't want, for example, I'm just throwing this out there, Title 42 rescinded. They're very concerned about it. I mean, they're so supposedly so concerned about COVID still and yet let's just allow people to come in without you know with all kinds of health concerns possibly it's just so ridiculous there's so much of a hypocrisy in so many areas well it's uh, uh, yeah it's the emperor has no clothes everybody yep. stands there and sees what's real and they tell you oh no 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 it's not seeing, look it's the other not way yeah, nothing right to exactly. look at here absolutely Doug, great discussion thanks Always. for all the great work that ewtn does so appreciate it and really this is why we ask for your prayers uh, first and foremost and of course your support whatever you can do keep us between your gas and electric bills as mother always said and as father mitch still says ewtn.com you support us and all of our wonderful affiliates around the country we'll be right back men it's time the men's march to end abortion and rally for personhood is saturday june 11th the weekend before father's day from 12 to 3 p.m in tallahassee florida Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. This is Tony Beshera. My wife Chris and I own Babbage and Associates. We are the oldest placement and recruitment firm in the state of Texas and proud sponsors of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are also members of St. Thomas Aquinas in Dallas. Babbage and Associates offers candidates insights into the current job market and provides professional candidates we have interviewed on a face-to-face basis to our employers. Our number to call is 214-823-9999 or you can find us on the web at babbage.com. Give the gift of life by donating blood. Shortages of all blood types occur during the summer months. To help with this shortage, Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Alito is hosting a blood drive through Carter Blood Care on Sunday, May 15th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. The mobile blood drive will take place at 16250 Old Weatherford Road in Alito. To sign up and for more information, visit the parish website at holyredeemeralito.org. 
The Guadalupe Radio Network thanks Little Elm Eye Care for their support of local Catholic radio. Little Elm Eye Care is owned by Drs. Burt and Leslie Bubella, parishioners of St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Frisco. They specialize in family vision care, comprehensive eye exams, contact lenses, and the treatment of eye diseases and injuries. Little Elm Eye Care is located at 1200 East El Dorado Parkway, Suite 100, across from the Little Elm Athletic Complex. They can be reached by calling 972-2920-900 or on the web at littleelmeyecare.com. Giving you news and views from a truly Catholic perspective, and we continue our discussion on the latest with the Supreme Court and the SCOTUS leak. John Zarnetsky is the Chief Executive Officer and Dean of Ave Maria School of Law. John, so many questions I have for you, but first, as, as a legal expert, what was your response when you heard about the leak earlier this week? Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, good morning, Teresa, and uh, thank you so much for asking me uh, to, to appear and speak to your audience today. Uh, my first reaction was surprise to a certain extent and dismay. I was surprised because, as I'm sure everyone has uh, knows by now, the Supreme Court has a long-standing tradition which has truly never been broken uh, of secrecy concerning their internal deliberations. It's extraordinarily important to the functioning of the court that their internal discussions, circulation of opinions, circulating opinions, and deliberations be conducted outside of the public eye. Uh, otherwise, uh, there's a risk that our highest court in the land, uh, members of the court, will not be candid, will tailor their opinions uh, because of fears that there will be public disclosure. It's an extraordinarily important value of the court. Uh, I have friends that have been Supreme Court clerks, and they all say the same thing. On the very first day they enter the Supreme Court building, they are told in no uncertain terms that secrecy of deliberations is the highest value within the court. It's It's really dismaying that, uh, in my opinion, that uh, that high value of the court has been breached in this case. Do you think that the people realize, because I think uh, the secular media for the most part is doing a horrible uh, job of, of addressing the points that you just made, which are so crucial, do they realize the damage that's been done here and what this represents and the fallout with, with future opinions and decisions? Uh, I think that's a great question, and if, if we can help, dispel some of the misunderstandings even just a little bit will be doing a great service Teresa no and I I don't think the secular media uh, is doing a, a good job at all uh, and I think it's part of this modern I don't know if we would call it a disease or tendency to view everything in terms of partisan politics mm-hmm. and I- including the deliberations of the court uh, now, uh, and that begins with consideration of Supreme Court justices before uh, Congress. Supreme Court justices have different views. They obviously have political views. But for the most part, agree or disagree with them, they do take very seriously their role as justices. And to merely treat in the media Supreme Court deliberations as if it's a House debate, you know, a committee debate 
is a major mistake. And any um, pressure on the court to act like a legislature would, would truly be devastating to that independent and uh, third branch of our government. I mean, it's just potentially the harm is very great here. Yeah, it is. We're talking with John Zarnetsky. He's a chief executive officer and dean of the Ave Maria School of Law. I'm I'm appalled by this, and I'm very concerned as as an American citizen for our our justice system and the lack of of concern. And a lot of people are not addressing this. Even I think uh, some pro life groups, uh, and of course, obviously, please God, we want Roe v. Wade to be overturned. But I think there's too much celebrating going on in the sense of first of all, this is a draft opinion. Now, in in the in the legal, uh, some of the stories that I've read from different uh, Catholic legal outlets. Uh, and legal experts who are weighing in, they say it does look like that this is going to happen, that it's going to be either very close or a, a, a full overturning of Roe v. Wade. But number one, this is a draft, and I think we need to be reminding folks that this was leaked, and this is this is so concerning that so many people, even those of us who are pro-life, many people are not even mentioning that. They're just going on and on about about it's finally here, and, and, and Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. I think we need to stay focused, because our mission does not change, whether it's a full overturning of Roe v. Wade, please God, or if there are limits that are placed on abortion, because we know Roe v. Wade gave us abortion through nine months of pregnancy, we we have to remember to stay the course. Your thoughts, John? Yeah, Teresa, uh, in a way, and of course you're right, uh, this opinion is not a final opinion. Uh, there was a famous case concerning Obamacare uh, a few years ago where the, the draft opinion or, or the opinion that ended up being the dissent uh, bears signs of having been a, a draft majority opinion, and there's speculation that Chief Justice Roberts or one of the other justices changed their vote at the last minute. Uh, this is an obvious political attempt to pressure one or more justices to change their vote. And the justices, uh, until an opinion is announced by the court, it has no legal effect. So I think there's cause to be optimistic, but celebration is premature here. And on your, I believe, on your point about work remaining to be done. I think something I haven't really heard many people say or consider is, in some ways, this opinion, or if this opinion ends up being the majority opinion and Roe v. Wade is overturned, the work is going to multiply, right. I think, by exactly. 50 times. Mm -hmm. We're mm -hmm. going to have to, uh, those of us in the, the pro-life uh, movement, uh, we'll have to then redouble our efforts at the state level. Now, that is a good thing, I think, for our federalist and uh, system, uh, our political system. That's a very good thing. But the work now will multiply times 50. Yes. So let's not think this is going to settle the issue in our society. And by the way, the courts are are not the place. To right, exactly. I mean, this is this is a thing from a legal perspective. Even they talk about choice, choice, choice on the other side of this issue, and yet this this turning Roe v. Wade over, for example, putting it back in the hands of the of the states would give the people the choice. But it, but no, because they have to have everything rock solid. There's no give and take. It's everything has to be done in the courts because they know if it goes to the people, then they're not going to win. But it's so ridiculous. It's another hypocrisy because this is really about choice of the people, putting it back in the hands of, of the people. Yes, 
that that's correct. And the founders are much under siege in popular culture and politics nowadays. Uh, but this is another instance where their wisdom uh, over two centuries ago is being vindicated. Uh, having this issue decided by one central tribunal and uh, nine uh, uh, justices in robes did nothing but exacerbate the tensions over this issue in our society. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, said that. She said it was a disaster legally. Yes. And the opinion, uh, the draft opinion by Justice Alito is very frank in saying that the opinion, I forget his exact words, but the opinion was wrong from the start. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that is a very important thing for the court to say, uh, because everybody, if they're being honest instead of, and, and, and I have many friends uh, that are pro uh, Roe versus Wade, but if, if they're being honest, Everybody admits that that opinion was a disaster. And that's and bad, bad for our Constitution. Yeah. Yep. John, we're out of time. Thank you so much. Uh, John Zarnitsky is the Chief Executive Officer and Dean of the Ave Maria School of Law. What's the website for the law school, John? Uh, AveMariaLaw.edu. All right. Well, thank you so much, and we'll have you back on for more of your expertise. We'll be right back. The Guadalupe Radio Network congratulates the Cistercian Preparatory School's robotics team who won first place at the first robotics competition world championship in Houston on April 23rd. Cistercian Preparatory students placed first after competing with 456 teams from 12 countries and 43 U.S. states. Cistercian Preparatory School is an independent college preparatory school for boys from grades 5 through 12 operated by the Our Lady of Dallas Cistercian Abbey. Hello, my name is Bill Mertz. My wife Liz and I own Master Tech Auto Repair in Plano. We're proud sponsors of Catholic Radio. Our family has been parishioners of St. Gabriel's and McKinney for many years. Master Tech is a full-service auto repair. From oil changes to complete engine replacement, our transmission service. We're located just across the street from St. Mark's Parish in Plano. You can contact us at 972-578-1841 or www.mastertechplano.com. Thank you, and may you have a blessed day. The Guadalupe Radio Network wants to congratulate Luis Gonzalez as the new CEO of the Society of St. Vincent de Paul of North Texas. This society provides emergency assistance to people in need in the forms of rent, utilities, food, clothing, furnishings, medications. In addition, the society provides systemic change programs that address after-school education, low-interest loans to combat predatory lending, employment opportunities, and free medications to uninsured, low-income families. You can learn more by visiting svdpdallas.org. KTH 910 AM welcomes Emerson on Harvest Hill as a new sponsor. It's a senior living community in North Dallas near St. Rita Parish. Amenities include chef-prepared meals each day, transportation, social and educational events and activities, 24-hour security, and the participation in the sacraments. To learn more about Emerson on Harvest Hill or to arrange a tour and visit, you can contact Karen Ray via email at kray at emersonharvesthill.com or you can visit their website, emersononharvesthill.com. Wrapping up a Friday morning edition of Catholic Connection from coast to coast and around the globe on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network with a beautiful interview about Mama, as in our Mama Mary. This is the Marian month of May. This week is Mother's Day. And so, of course, uh, thinking of our, our Queen Mother Mary 
and all the great moms out there, an early happy Mother's Day to you. Beautiful new book that might make a very nice Mother's Day gift, and that would be How They Love Mary from our friend Father Edward Looney. The book is published by Sophia Institute Press. And, Father, great timing having this in the Marian month of May. Now, we know you have a long uh, devotion to Our Lady, and it's influenced your priesthood, it's influenced your life all the way uh, back in, in your teen years and your childhood, and you love doing Marian pilgrimages. And you've written other books on this topic as well. You are a priest, and am I correct, in the Diocese of Green Bay, Wisconsin, correct? That is correct. Yep, yep. I was looking at the map, and you're, you're right there uh, on the bay, and it looks uh, just wonderful, such a beautiful area of the country. So tell us about this book in terms of what you were hoping people to discover about uh, different folks with beautiful devotions to the Blessed Mother. Yeah, you know, one of the things I realized uh, throughout my kind of spiritual life and journey and throughout seminary years and parish ministry was that I became familiar with so many different holy men and women. Those are the saints of our tradition, but others who probably should be saints that don't have any formal cause or maybe are in the process of it. And whenever I would read their biographies or whatever, I would always want to share with people what aspect of Mary, Marian devotion was a part of their life. And so really that's what this book is, is a, a sharing of some of these people who have influenced my life uh, in some way in terms of Marian devotion, kind of the different lessons that once I studied their life, what did I take away uh, in terms of their love for the Blessed Mother? What I like about this is this is, could be a, a quick read. You could pick it up, and it's a devotional because you have different stories, to actually 28 life-changing stories of devotion to the Blessed Mother, which I, I love that because you can use it as part of your your daily reflection, your daily spiritual time. If you're doing the Mass readings, which I love to do, then you could grab this book and then pick it up, especially during the month of May. Yeah, most definitely. It, that's one of the ways it was designed. You know, there's 28 reflections. There's a introduction and a conclusion and so kind of the introduction making us begin to think about our own relationship with mary and then it, actually the last reflection or the conclusion is the fact is that these saints these holy men and women had a story of marian devotion and you have one too and so i encourage the reader uh, to really flesh out for themselves and so there's lines there that they could actually write in the book their own story of marian devotion if they would so choose kind of tracing like What's my earliest memory of Mary in my life? Did I mm -hmm. go on a pilgrimage? How did that impact me? And so they can process their own Marian devotion, too. I think it's it's great, and I love this. So we're talking with uh, Father Edward Looney, How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady from our friends at Sophia Institute Press. Well, you know I love the saints who we were talking during the break, my book, Girlfriends and Other Saints, Companions on My Journey of Faith, which we're uh, putting out there again for folks to pick up, especially for, for women. It's, it's a great gift. But you talk about so many of the saints that I love as well and their personal experiences with Mary. You talk about St. Francis, St. Damien of Molokai, Padre Pio, Thomas Aquinas, Saint Dicari Tekawitha, I mean, it's just powerful Saint Faustina, and things that we maybe not know about the saints. For example, you talk about Saint Francis de Sales, who's a patron of journalists, that his depression was healed. His depression was healed through the intercession of Mary. Yeah, and that was an interesting story, and when I was thinking about Saint Francis de Sales, and maybe including him, I thought, well, you know, I'm kind of like a quasi-journalist, he's a mm -hmm. patron of writers, and, and so that's why I wanted to include him, and so I said, well, how can I learn about his Marian devotion? And uh, a few years ago, I had read uh, his Lenten homilies, and they were very impactful for my Lenten uh, spiritual reading. And 
So I knew that they had another uh, version of it as well, uh, of his sermons for Our Lady. And so I picked up that book, and right there at the very beginning of that book, you had an image of Our Lady, and it said that St. Francis de Sales um, had this devotion to this name of Our Lady. And so I looked it up, and I learned more about it, and he was struggling with anxiety and depression early on in his life. And so he would go to his parish church, and he would pray before the statue of Our Lady. And uh, over time, he realized that, you know, his anxiety, his depression was relieved. And, uh, and then he became one of these great saints in the tradition. You know, Father, it's so important because you know, I'm sure, as a priest and, and hearing confessions and just seeing the state of the world right now, if we look at the deaths of despair, if we look at increased suicides, depression, this real serious issue, mental illness, and, and so many other things that are just causing people to, veer, to feel that there is no hope, the importance of turning things over to our mother. Yeah, and that's what we see in the saints, is that they always turn to Our Lady at different moments, and and I think one of the things about our Marian devotion that we see is that the stories of these holy men and women, it shows that it has worked in their life and throughout time. And we think about some of the great stories of intercessory prayer through the Blessed Virgin and how healings have been obtained, wars have been stopped, and all these things. So it's just one of those things. Why do we have a devotion to Mary? It's because the people who have lived the faith before us did, and it worked for them, and it still works for us today. And you also mention, as a matter of fact, how our foundress, Mother Angelica, prayed the rosary. Yeah, so, you know, Mother Angelica had this very profound, some very profound experiences of praying the rosary. And, you know, from beyond the grave, she's still praying the rosary with people to this very day through the Eternal Word Television Network. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so um, one of her powerful experiences of praying the rosary was, was with some mystic from Italy who was claiming apparitions and messages and such. And so this mystic really wanted to pray with Mother Angelica, and uh, she showed up and wanted to pray with her, pray the rosary, and and, uh, Mother Angelica agreed. And Mother Angelica was suffering from some crippling, you know, um, uh, pain in her leg or from her back, and so she experienced kind of an instantaneous healing after praying with this mystic. And then, you know, throughout her other writings... uh, especially the one from EWTN Publishing about Our Lady and the Saints, we see some of the ways in which she really reflected on the different mysteries of the rosary uh, in her own Mother Angelica style. Before we let you go, Father, I, I do want you, if you don't mind, just to give us a little explanation from our Catholic teaching about the fact that worship is meant for God alone, that we ask for Mary's intercession, for her protection, and, of course, in the Hail Mary, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So to remind our listeners that when someone challenges us on this, to, to not get nervous or, or upset, but just to remind them what the Church teaches on worship versus veneration and intercession of the saints. Yeah, so in our uh, theological vocabulary, we have different words that kind of distinguish it. And so, you know, we call worship of God latria, we call um, veneration of the saints dulia, but because Mary is the queen of all saints, we call it hyperdulia. So these are very technical words, but try to make the distinguishing factor that worship belongs to God alone and we just honor, we ask the saints to pray for us, they're with God in heaven, so why not ask them to intercede? And so Mary being kind of the first of all the saints because of the Immaculate Conception, well, then we give her a a very special honor uh, in in that way. And so I think sometimes 
some people might be overwhelmed when they read the lives of some of these holy men and women. And I finished the book with a, a woman named Teresa Cavedo, Teresita. She was a, a Spanish Carmelite of charity nun. And I was just really impressed by her biography when it was recommended to me. But I think if someone was to read her biography, they might say, did she love God or did she only love the Blessed Virgin Mary? But if you really look at the life of Teresita and her writings, you see how Mary always brought her to Jesus. And mm-hmm. so that's really the goal of, of our Marian devotion, is that Mary is always going to take us by the hand and lead us to her son. And we also see Mary, the last thing we, we hear or see her say is, do whatever he tells you. So that reminds you that she's always pointing us to Jesus. Father, great job on this book, How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady. What a great Mother's Day book by Father Edward Looney, a parish priest and pastor in the Diocese of Green Bay, well-known speaker and author. And he has a really great website. He's got a podcast. He's got other books and a really terrific speaker. EdwardLooney.com is his website. You can also find him, of course, on all social media outlets edwardlooney.com and the book is published by our friends at Sophia How They Love Mary by Father Edward Looney Father thanks well thank you so much for the opportunity God bless you and have a great great weekend and we'll be right back I want to close with some thoughts on the reading the first reading for today in St. Paul and how we can use this as a reminder when we are engaging with those on the opposite side of some really really important issues starting with the key issue of life we'll be right back This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. In Christ, we suffer, but it's a suffering that can bear much fruit. Our God can bring good out of the suffering caused by evil. God permits evil, and from the suffering caused by evil, He creates a reality greater than that which could have existed without the possibility of evil entering human experience. In Christ, suffering is fruitful. Those members of the body of Christ who are fruitless are removed. It's dead wood, and that's suffering. But even those members of the body of Christ who are fruitful are pruned, they're trimmed. Daddy squeezes and sometimes spanks in order that we would be more fruitful. Jesus again says, By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. 50 minutes past the hour. Welcome back. Catholic Connection wrapping up on a Friday morning edition of this program with a look at the readings and how they always apply to what we're going through and what's happening in our world. That's because uh, God's Word is alive, right? 
So the first reading for today, the beautiful reading from Acts chapter 9, is the conversion of St. Paul. Saul, still breathing murderous threats against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, that if he should find any men or women who belonged to the way, he might bring them back to Jerusalem in chains. On his journey, as he was nearing Damascus, a light from the sky suddenly flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, Who are you, sir? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. I don't have time to to read the whole first reading, but you know the story of how Paul was led by Ananias, and he was blinded, and then, of course, the the, uh, blinders fell from his eyes. And Ananias is saying to the Lord, look, I'll do what you want me to do, but I'm a little scared of this guy because he's got quite a reputation about coming after members of the way or new Christians, right, in the early church. And he says, Lord, I've heard from many sources about this man. But the Lord says to him, go, for this man is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel. And I will show him what he will have to suffer for my name. So thus begins, right, the journey of... The man considered to be one of the greatest writers in the New Testament, St. Paul, or Saul of Tarsus, who was a well-learned Jewish man who was out persecuting the early church. And he was the one we know in the stoning of St. Stephen, right, where we see actually his, his cloak there. And the, sto- the whole story is, is, is so phenomenal. And I, I leave this with you after this very tumultuous week that we've had with this horrific leak and this a violation of the secrecy and the importance of the secrecy of the Supreme Court in making major opinions and decisions. And what we're looking at in terms of Roe v. Wade, that we are going to be, much like the Christians in the early church, attacked, criticized. But then never forget that there could be another St. Paul out there. The pro-life story is filled with so many people who once were, including myself, not that I identify with the saint, I'm just saying, who were very, very in support of legalized abortion and had particular views and were very adamant about them and in many ways attacked others who were pro-life. But do not lose heart. Just look at the history we have in this amazing movement of people who have had their own Damascus experience and changed and now have become instruments for God in the pro-life movement. Way back in the beginning, right, when all this started with abortion, decades and decades and decades ago, Bernard Nathanson, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, not only had a total change of heart in the abortion issue, but converted to Catholicism. What about Abby Johnson, who was a star in Planned Parenthood, and yet realized when she was asked to assist in abortion, finally saw for her own eyes what was happening to the child in the womb. And she literally got up and walked out and into the arms of members of 40 Days for Life. Dr. Leventino, who was actually featured in Abby's film based on her book Unplanned, and what happened to him and how so many people were praying for him and planting seeds. And he finally had a change of heart after the death of his own child. We do not do the converting, brothers and sisters. That is the Lord's job. That's between the Holy Spirit and the person. We plant seeds. We broadcast. That term broadcast, I love it as it pertains to, to my field because it's, it's a very erratic way of farming. Not that I'm a farmer, hardly am I a city girl, but I've done some study on this term broadcast. You throw it out 
as opposed to being very, very organized in, in planting seeds in a row, broadcast means you toss this out and then you see how it, how it comes about, right? So that's what we're called to do. We're called to plant seeds, to broadcast a message, and then leave the rest up to God. So do not lose heart. Know your faith. Have the resources available. And be able to respond with love. Because those who are screaming and yelling and who are thinking that they're being attacked by Roe v. Wade possibly being overturned, they're not mad at you. They're normally, in most cases, and post-abortion research shows this, are coming from a place of pain. Perhaps they were abandoned. Perhaps they helped procure an abortion. And deep down, they know it's wrong. So offer them and respond, as Ananias did, as reluctant as he was at first, with love, but also with the resources, because we have them, we've had them since the beginning, and more people need to know about them. Have a beautiful weekend. Have a beautiful Mother's Day weekend as well. Don't forget always to call on Our Lady, Our Blessed Mother, and you will be uh, back with me, I hope, on a Monday morning. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Are you a young man interested in learning more about the priesthood? Then come to the Diocese of Fort Worth's next St. Andrew's Breakfast on Saturday, May 14th at St. Patrick's Cathedral in Fort Worth at 8 a.m. The day will begin with Mass at the Cathedral, followed by breakfast in the Cathedral Annex Building. Young men in high school and college are encouraged to attend. To RSVP, contact the Vocations Office by email at vocations at fwdioc.org or by calling 817-945-9321. Hi, I'm Dr. Kyle Eberlein of Mid-Cities Dental and a parishioner of Good Shepherd Catholic Community in Colleyville. Dentistry can be expensive, especially if you know you need a lot of work. That's why you need to know all of your treatment options, and you need a dentist whom is on your insurance plan. This could potentially save you lots of money. Our office will offer you a no-obligation consultation with necessary x-rays. We can be reached at 817-282-9321 or midcitiesdental.com. Again, that number is 817-282-9321. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. 
Blessed be the great Mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic Radio for your soul in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 